Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. My name is Lance Borden, and I'm here today with Dr. Connie Borden, who is a Christian psychologist and author of the book Save But Not Free, and also my mom. And uh, we are excited today to bring a topic that we think will be applicable for everyone listening, no matter what situation that you're in. So, but before we do that, any what what what's going on in your life, Dr. Connie? Well, I'm Mom. just at a very exciting place. Um, we have times and seasons in our Christian walk where you know you just feel like everything you read and everything you hear is just catapulting you into a power and a fire for the kingdom of God, and. Um, the goal in Revelation 2 and 3 is to stay in that first love status all the time and to keep that fire burning, to keep our lampstands full with the oil of the Holy Spirit through our individual discipleship life and prayer and fellowship and all that we do to know God. Um, but because we, uh, Dad, your dad, and my husband, um, Bill Borden, who's the integral part of this ministry as well, um, attended virtually the Southwest Believers Convention that took place uh, the first week of August. Um, there were, it was just word, 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 testimony, you know, and great speaking, followed up by a lot of study by us. And so, you know, that, of course, is part of the reason. And we all have jobs. We all have different things we have to do. We can't be in prayer and at conventions 24 seven. Although that's probably what heaven will be like. Won't yeah, that be nice? That, that will be nice. Always be in fellowship with each other and with the Lord. That's why some of us yearn or we yeah. should yearn at times for heaven. So we do what we can do living on the earth, being in a fallen earth, uh, and, but not being in a fallen state because you and I are saved, and Jesus is Savior and Lord, and we appeal to you that are listening that that be your initial step to accept him as your Lord and Savior, to confess your sins, to believe that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He was raised again, and if you believe that and accept it, you will be saved. Yeah. And so when you start there, then it's a discipleship program of growing through sanctification, which my book explains day by day to be more like him today than yesterday, not as much as tomorrow, but it comes from complete surrender to lordship and of course salvation. So whoever we're talking to, though we don't see your faces, we know you today are at different spaces, different places, different growth levels but hopefully you're saved, right. you know, and then we go from there. And if not, it's available to everyone. Christianity is the most inclusive, uh, if you want to call it a religion, right? Mm -hmm. um, which it's not. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ and um, a relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one. But if you compare it to other um, efforts to seek after a higher power, we'll say that. Yeah. Um, it or is the, the higher power, the right? high power no, <laughs> yeah. sorry, the higher power. They, the, the other ones though, would be after a higher power, right? Correct. Uh, but really ultimately I believe really everyone is seeking the higher power. They just may be going about it the wrong way. But if you compare it to other, um, religions 
that are out there, Christianity is the one that accepts everyone, no matter what you are, race, creed, or whatever, um, to come and align yourself with the word of God, the Bible, and everything that it calls for. And we know, as we know, Jesus is the only way to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So that essentially means that either he was telling the truth and is 100% the only way, or he is was crazy. Correct. And 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 he, he can't have it both ways. He can't right. be just a good man or a prophet and not 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 be one that we would follow after what he says. So we know through experience and relationship with him that he is the only way. And in history, he was the only one that raised from the dead. That's right. He proved That's it. That's been proven. He proved it. And um, but But I was saying all that to say that it's available. A relationship with God is available to everyone through Jesus, not through whatever way you want to do it. It still has to come through Jesus in the way that he taught us. But... Uh, anyone can come. Uh, it is not, uh, it does not exclude anyone. And if we're talking to somebody that feels like you're excluded because you're too bad or you've t- done too many bad things, um, please go to gatewaypeople.com. Listen to uh, Pastor Robert Morris's sermon given yesterday, Sunday, which was uh, 8 16 on repentance because he so clearly explains that we can't don't have time for that today that everybody everybody no matter what you've done jesus accepts you and that's such a lie of the enemy right that you can't be accepted yeah well um you know we've just entered a new era just quickly a tidbit from my life and that is that our first or our oldest child has now started playing sports for her school yeah. Which up until now, all of our kids have been of the age where they play in leagues outside of school. Correct. So that's really cool to see that happening and cheer for her with school pride involved and everything like that. And we she's, got to witness that right. in her first game and she won. She won and yeah. she's she's really taken to volleyball, which has been cool to see because her mom uh, it, and my wife was a great volleyball player coming up through high school, right. ranked uh, in the top 10 in our in our city and uh, our, our collection of cities. And so that's that's been fun to watch. But getting to the topic of today, what we wanted to talk about is joy and how we can stay strong in the Lord and in his joy, which is different from happiness. So how would you explain that, Mom, that difference between joy in the Lord and happiness? Well, the difference is that happiness is based on people, events, and circumstances of life that can cause your emotions to go up and down. What you set your mind to think, imagine, or your will to think, imagine, and remember will affect your emotions. If you set your will to think, imagine, and remember the word of God in truth and fellowship and relationship with him, and you've entered into salvation lordship, as we've already said, then you have a place of joy in him that is constant. It never changes. It's like Psalm 91 says, we dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty, against whose power not even any foe, demonic foe, can stand, let alone life. But life, with happy and unhappy events and traumas and being wounded and grief and things that happen that sometimes are out of our control, even in our nation and in the world, etc., can affect how you feel 
but it should not rob you of that constant joy, though you might have to feel that and go back into that secret place of the Most High and reiterate, wait, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That is my secret place. That is, and it's my strength. If I don't have that strength, if I let all these other things pull me down, then potentially you'll lose that place of peace and calm and really stability in order to address all the things around you in prayer that are going on. So that's how I would describe it. Um, In the Southwest Believers Conference, Jerry Seville spoke, and he has written a book, If Satan Can Rob Your Joy, He Can Steal Your Goods. I've not read the book, but got the essence of it from the sermons. And basically what he's saying is that the enemy's strategy is to pull you out of that stability of the joy of the Lord is my strength into so much concern over sense of responsibility, burden, sadness, even grief. You know, if a loved one has died, I mean, you're going to grieve, you're going to feel sad because you're going to miss him. But we don't grieve as those that have no hope uh, because hopefully they're saved and we'll see them again. So there's several scriptures about that. And then, I mean, I'm sure you have examples, uh, an example or whatever that you can share where you have been tried to be pulled out. I give the enemy that strategy. He does not want you to be in a place of calm, joy, and peace. Uh, So we look at him as trying to attack us and how that's worked for you. And I have an example and we have some scriptures here as two you can share if you'd like. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, there's an analogy that, that just came to me for all you football fans out there. And that is that if, if you watch a football game, um, the offensive line, the line that is in front of the quarterback that will be blocking for the quarterback so he can throw the ball or hand off the ball so they can move the ball down the field is required by rule not to move until the center snaps the ball or hikes the ball to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Okay. They cannot move. If they move at all, even if they flinch, it's a penalty and a flag will be thrown and they'll lose yardage as a result. So what does the other team try to do? The defensive line, they do everything in their power to distract, to surprise, to throw off base the offensive line on the other side of them to get them to move before Mm. the snap, because it's in their favor if that happens, because then they get to move the team that has the ball backwards. That's a good analogy. And so, you know, we call that, you know, you'll hear somebody say uh, that, you know, so-and-so said this to me and it drew me off sides. That's what they're, they're using that analogy to say that someone did something and it caused me to, to jump too soon. And I overreacted maybe. And, uh, and they, and they drew me off sides. And so that analogy applies here where if we can, no matter what the circumstance is, or no matter what someone is saying to us, or no matter what is happening around us, if we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and take everything to him on a consistent basis, then we can truly stay in a place of peace and stability with the Lord. There's a verse that I think of uh, a lot of the time in regards to this. um, And it says, um, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. In other words, if I can keep my mind stayed or fixed on the Lord, I can have perfect peace. 
And perfect peace is wonderful. Amen. Because peace and joy. you can be Going calm no matter what. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and joy then can, then can come too, right? If we don't, if we don't have peace, I think it's hard to have joy, you know, and I think those two go together quite a bit. Here, let me just say something about that. Initially, when you're hit with something that could potentially make you not joyful, there could be a reaction, more emotion than the situation calls for and you're not handling it. But our responsibility is to go to a response with the help of the Lord, that you have the emotion that the situation calls for and you're being comforted, directed, and having his peace and joy by the truth that's in you by the word because he is the word. So we're not saying that you always 24-7 would not maybe come out of that response to a reaction, that common joy to being concerned, but you should run back to it as quickly as you can, because that's the place of stability and peace, joy, and strength. And I think we allow it to go on and on and on in our minds and our thoughts that think, imagine, and remember affecting our will, our emotions by what we set our will to. Right. Well, we know Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's such a great reminder. We have that on the wall in my son's room because one of the things that was that we received from the Lord when he was in the womb was that he would be joyful. Amen. And so that's one of his verses that, that we go back to with him on a regular basis. But I find that when I'm in a situation, if I can turn my thoughts to the joy of the Lord, even Amen. though the circumstance may not be joyful, that really helps me, mm-hmm. you know, to stay joyful in this situation. What's another one that you uh, that you have there? Uh, Proverbs fourteen thirty through through thirty two says, "A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body, but envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones." Um, that's the amplified version, I believe. And so, what we're saying is, not only when you come out of that calm state is your joy and peace interrupted. Third uh, John 2 says we prosper and we're in health as our soul prospers. So what you think, imagine, and remember can even affect your body because we are triune. We are spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul. So keeping your spirit strong and coming back to that place of joy and peace will then affect the other two-thirds of your triune being. Right. Uh, Proverbs 17.22 says a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And then the new living translation of that verse says a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's Mm. strength. Wow. And you can feel that. I know I've felt that before when you, when something is affecting you negatively, it can just sap all of your emotional strength. Yes. It can potentially even sap your physical strength. You know, a lot of people I know, um, get to a place maybe in their work where they haven't addressed stress in their life. And if, if it's left to fester and fester and fester, and they never come to a place of peace or they have a hard time coming to a place of peace for many years, it can form an ulcer yeah. in their stomach, right? Oh, yeah. Or it can and have many diseases, right? Other traumas on the, yeah. on the physical body. Um, even though it is an invisible emotion that we're experiencing, right? you know, um, I know that you that we're talking to maybe right now are experiencing many types of things that potentially could rob your joy and your peace all the way from losing a loved one to abuse to something trivial, more trivial. I'm going to share something that may seem trivial, but it was a working application um, in the last few weeks 
of staying in joy. And this was when I went to get some blood work, and the technician that was going to do my blood work had an attitude from the time I walked in. Uh, They were renovating the space in her defense. She's a frontline worker in her defense, um, and all these things that she had an attitude, but she shouldn't have had an attitude toward me. (laughs) But she did, and um, she didn't think she had my paperwork from the doctor, which she did. I mean, all these things that she tried to put on me as to why this wasn't successful was actually her lack of finding it in the fax machine. But in any way, I sat there and I thought, you know what? I can let this woman's attitude and her lack of joy pull me out of my peace and joy, or I can turn the tide. So I sat there and I prayed. I bound spirits of of anger or resentment, whatever was going on in her, because I think we can bind those things in Jesus' name against the demonic realm as they affect us. And then I just started talking to her, and I said, um, thank you so much for what you do. You're a frontline worker. You know, thank you because you're helping me be healthy and so many other people. So that began to switch a paradigm because I was appreciative rather than reactionary right. to her attitude. And then I said to her, I said, um, while she was doing all this other stuff to take my blood work, I said, do you, do you like what you do? And she said, no. And I said, well, why not? And she said, well, it pays the rent, but I really, and I'm skilled at it. And I said, well, I'm glad to hear that since you're going to take my blood. And I said, it definitely is effective for your community and the people you help. But she said, my real passion is design and fashion. So I started talking to her about that. And I said, well, if that's your dream, um, I said, uh, do you happen to be a born-again Christian? And she said, yes, I am. And I said, well, if that's your dream, then I want to encourage you that all this that you're doing right now is foundational in what you need. But don't lose your dream. Don't lose your passion. Long and short of it, by the end of that blood-taking experience, it was completely changed. Wow. The atmosphere was changed. Her attitude was changed. I encouraged her. I said, my husband's a builder. I know what you're going through in renovation. That's not easy when you're trying to do your work. And it left her and me in a state of joy. She didn't pull me out of my joy. Right. And I hopefully pushed her into thinking some things about joy because, because we deal with people. People are all different stages. And it wasn't that she wouldn't, she said, I'm not a Christian. I probably would have said, well, would you like to become one and witness to her? Um, but the bottom line is we are affected by people, events, and circumstances. We can't, we're human. Jesus was affected by people, events, and circumstances. Jesus wept. He experienced every emotion we have, but frequently he, he fed the 5,000 and then he went to the mountain and prayed when he faced things like, uh, his own, own hometown would not receive him and he could do no works of miracles there. He was, he was sad what I would have done if he would have received me, but he got back into that secret place of the most high of joy and peace and strength They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this is a challenge for all of us in this fallen world. Yeah. Yeah. An example from my life. uh, So I work in a business uh, related to real estate and we have customers of different types. And um, the other day 
uh, we had a customer that wasn't happy with uh, some services that we have been providing. And so, you know, it was, it had gone all the way to the point of where they were kind of, we kind of caught uh, wind that they were wanting to look at other uh, businesses, other vendors to do the same service instead of us. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I decided to, uh, this is something that one of my employees was dealing with. So I decided to, to step in and, and try to address the customer directly. And, um, basically through, through a pleasant email that I sent to, to, to the, to the customer, as well as an effort to reach out to the customer by phone. Um, it turned out that we are going to be able to have a, a friendly meeting with them, um, later this week as a result. So what looked like it was going down in flames, I think we have the potential to save both from the standpoint of being, I think, friendly, but also having a, a joyful approach right. to it. And appreciation. Yep. And appreciation. Also listening right. to what they have to say and being self-assessing and self-reflective to say, okay, well, what, you know, maybe not all of this is our fault, but, but some of it, maybe a large part of it is, and we want to do everything we can to improve kind of that customer is always right type of approach. Yeah. Right. And it's amazing to me how that can have that impact. That's not the first time that I've done that with, with success. Um, I've approached other customers that way. And it's amazing the impact that that can have in keeping people from continuing to go to a negative place as a result of just changing the atmosphere through a friendly approach, uh, which is frankly a joyful approach, right? Yeah. Um, in so many words. Isn't that Jesus's approach always to us before or even after we're saved? He looks beyond our fault to our need. Right. And if we can do that with other people, trying to take in whatever we can discern, trying to bind the enemy on their behalf from affecting us or them in Jesus' name, because we have that authority, and taking the higher road. And that's the lifetime process of maturity. Sometimes we do it well, sometimes we don't do it well. But definitely, God will honor that. Yep. And, you know, favor with other people, with, it's a, a indirect witnessing. Right. You know, why is that Lance Borden responding in such an appreciative, positive, joyful way? What does he have that I don't have? Right. Because I'm madder than a hornet today, <laughs> either toward him or towards other people. Right. And basically, you're at the end of a long line of people. If somebody's really angry, it's hurt, angry, resentment, bitterness, rage, rebellion, and you get the wrath, right. sometimes uh, in varying degrees, like somebody takes out a gun and shoots somebody because they cut them off in traffic because they've been hurt. That doesn't excuse it. It just explains it. Right. And we're dealing with that type of population of people with the breakdown of the home, church, and school, which, of course, our ministry stands for to help mediate that and right. bring healing to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, I think if, if, if you're good with it, we can wrap this one here, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. I just want to recommend a book. If you want further, um, if Satan can steal your um, joy, he can take your goods by Jerry Seville. You could Google that. Also, um, the Southwest Believers Convention from Victory is posted. Many sermons are posted on YouTube. So if they need further input, 
yeah, as well as their own study in these scriptures that we have shared and just pursuing the Lord themselves about their own needs. Right. That could bring some more information. And you can always connect with us by emailing us at info at totally org, And we would love to agree with you in prayer about anything that's on your heart or on your mind or a need that you have uh, in this area or any other area. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us that way. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today on the Totally Transformed podcast. Come back next time for another episode as we explore the things of the Lord. Let's pray as we close out today. Lord Jesus, we just come to you in agreement, Lance and I, on behalf of our listeners, those of you that are listening today. Lord, I just pray that you would meet them at their need right now. You said you'd supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory If they need to know you through salvation, we've explained how to do that. Let them um, commit to that today and receive you. Behold, you stand on the door of their heart and knock. If anyone receives you, you will come in and fellowship with them. And Lord, in addition to that, if they're saved, Lord, we just pray that whatever is robbing their joy and peace, we just agree that that would be resolved and they would find that choice, making a choice of surrender to that secret place of the Most High where their joy and peace can remain stable by what they choose to set their will to think, imagine, and remember that affects their emotions. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these truths. We pray that they will find entrance into soft hearts to bring growth, to bring fruit into the lives of the people we're speaking to. And as always, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.